1: My beautiful screamers and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens. It's the podcast where horror gets gay. This is episode 339 and tonight it's the last stop on our dark side of the rainbow tour where we talk about movies that explore the ugly side of LGBTQ life. What's hiding behind all the hearts and rainbows and hugs and you go girls. The dark, dirty secrets of the queer community that we'd rather not talk about because we'd prefer that they weren't there, but they are. And the longer you ignore them, the more they fester and the angrier they become. And the woods that we are going to be traveling this episode are scary, dark, deep, and very, very dangerous. Because we're talking about the 2006 film Grim Love. But before we do any of that, please allow me to introduce myself. My name is Patrick Walsh, and ever since 2010, I've been your guide through the weird and wonderful world of horror movies. But you're going to have to see them through my very, very gay little eyes. Before I start the show, I don't normally put out content warnings before a show just because we're talking about horror movies. We're talking about movies where people do the most horrible, sick, depraved things to each other. I like to think that you know what you're in for if you're signing up here. However, this movie and the discussion that we're going to have goes to some severely dark places that might bring up some really ugly things for you. So proceed with caution. Every single thing you see, every single thing you hear has been carefully constructed to take you to this horrible but yet beautiful place. If you have not yet seen Grim Love and you would like to do so before proceeding with the episode, you can find it streaming for free on Amazon Prime, Peacock, Tubi, Pluto, and the Roku Channel. But we're now standing at the very edge of the deep, dark, scary forest. So this is your last chance to turn back before I bring on Maya Murphy and play the trailer for Grim Love from 2006. (laughs) Matt, can I help you?
2: I'm doing some research on a student who once attended this school, Oliver Hartwin.
3: Oliver Hartwin, you know you should just leave.
2: On September 19th, 1998, Oliver Hartwin first made contact via the internet with Simon Grombeck. Ten days later, they met. Twelve hours later, Simon Grombeck was dead. To want to find someone who can see inside of you into the darkest corners of your heart and still
1: love you all right my beautiful screamers i promised you back in june i was going to take you on a three-part trip a trip to the dark side of the rainbow you only got two parts back in june but i didn't tell you i was going to give you three parts sequentially so buckle in kids because it's our last stop on the dark side of the rainbow tour I hope you're prepared because the last stop on our journey is the darkest part of an already very dark forest. A land where fairy tales come true. You get everything that you wish for and, unfortunately, everything that you deserve. It is wise not to wander into these dark regions alone. That's why I brought somebody very special with me. They are a voiceover actor. They are going to be in a brand new video game. They are a supervillain, they are my co-host over at Damian Wonka-Lewis. They are, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls at my DNCs, wherever you may be, please welcome Maya Murphy. Hello, it's nice to be back. Hi, Maya Murphy. Hi, Patrick. How you doing?
0: Well, I saw this movie, so now I'm sad.
1: Maya and I have been trying to record this episode since January. Mm -hmm. It has been eight months that this movie has been sitting with us. And it's a dark, scary place to be. Something that Maya wrote in her notes. She took a picture of her notes and she sent me this picture. And I think it so sums up the experience of the movie that we're going to talk about. It was just a picture of her notes and it said, this movie is so lonely.
0: It makes my bones hurt. It's so lonely, it hurts in my bones.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Maya, what movie are we talking about? Grim Love. Grim with
0: two M's, like the Brothers Grim.
1: Yes, from 2006. And the movies changed titles a couple of times before they landed with Grim Love. And I like this one because it takes place r- right where the, the Brothers Grimm wrote their fairy tales. And the movie itself, in its own sick, twisted way, is a fairy tale in that it's all about wish fulfillment, getting what you wish for.
0: It's about wish fulfillment and magical transformation. And we see it a lot in the design of the movie and it even comes up a couple times in the dialogue, but not, not too many times. They don't hang a lantern on it. It's just people who want something outlandish, something impossible, and they find the only person in the world who can give it to them.
1: Or in the case of Carrie Russell, the thing that's going to complete her. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, Everybody gets exactly what they want, and it's not what they wanted at all. (laughs) So, Maya, please, since you are the guest, give me a nice, tight 30-second plot summary of Grim Love from 2006.
0: Absolutely. We follow Carrie Russell, whose name is Katie, and she is investigating a fictionalized version of a story that's ripped from the headlines, where a man in Germany consensually had another man over to his house and ate him. And the story and the pursuit kind of eats her.
1: Well done. Uh, just to clarify, the movie is fictionalized. It's not. She's not tracking down a fictionalized version of the story.
0: Excuse me. Yeah, uh, that's that's I saw lightning sitting on the porch, dangling
1: participle police. I was going to be an English teacher, so I have my red pencil already. <laughs> no, the way, not the red. Pencil. So, by the way, Maya and I are inherently hilarious people. And when we are joking during this episode talking about this movie, this is self-care. This is defense mechanism because this movie is dark.
0: We we need literally any levity we can bring to this because the the story it's based on is real. There's multiple cases of this actually happening in recent history. And the movie is an extremely dark portrayal of this real thing that happened. But it's also a chilling indictment of consumers of horror and consumers of true crime.
1: And also in its own weird way, it's hauntingly beautiful. Oh, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. And I want to talk about that. Yeah. And that's, that's the real dilemma of this movie. It's 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 not a dilemma. The movie takes a side. No, I know. I mean, I know that. I know that. But I mean, as a, as a viewer, like when I w- want to recommend it to people, they look at me like my head fell off. I'm like, no, you got just did. It's a beautiful movie, but it's also horrible. It's this horrible thing. But there's something magical going on there, too. And
0: it's a grotesque. It's a grotesque from a fairy tale.
1: Well done. Well done. People are like, well, how can they make a fairy tale about cannibalism?
0: Maya, how many fairy tales involve
1: people getting eaten?
0: <laughs> a whole bunch of them, but we sanitize them down for the Disney
1: movies. Yeah, Jack of the Beanstalk um, was the uh, was got gr- was grinding people's bones into bread and.
0: I mean, that's again. That's just from history. During during times of poverty, you would grind bones and, and cut your flour
1: with it to cut down on costs. Yeah, but generally not of your neighbors or people Gener- who generally your Generally not car. of your neighbors. No, uh, that is frowned upon. Um, that costs extra. <laughs>
0: Uh oh yeah, but even you know, Little Red Riding Hood. We we have some uh some nice consumption in there. Um uh, Hansel and Gretel, yep. Hansel and Gretel. We're gonna we're we do some Goldilocks stuff in this movie.
1: Yep. And and I noticed this. This this is my gabillion time to the movie because I've watched it so many times. Like we've we've tried to record this every time we try to record, I watch it again. So I've seen it a lot recently. This time, what really struck me was religious imagery that kept popping up, not, not strongly, but just hints. Like particularly towards the end when he's carrying the body around, or when when Simon oh, the would P. Fall we I, get I'm at like, the end. Oh, we got a a. We got stations of the cross, and I said that makes sense because I remember my my world religion teacher in college saying. Every major religion has some form of actual or symbolic cannibalism involved in it. So why not? It's not that weird.
0: It's not. and it's it's such a because it has that immediate squick factor, there is that immediate elevation to horror or magic when that's part of your story
1: and the other thing that we we have not really touched on is that they the in the movie as well as in these all of these cannibal cases in Germany involved gay men.
0: They absolutely did, and there's a lot to unpack in in this movie because it is early aughts. We are starting to see a little bit of uh, social progression in in Europe and America, but we also spend a lot of time insisting that these men are broken, and that's why they are the way they are. And there's a lot of the clinging to his mother's apron strings, and I want to talk about that.
1: Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there because I, I'm you, you cause I remember you got you you were you got feisty about that, and I said, yeah, but there's truth to that. I know. Yeah, that's the thing. I know. That's the thing. That's okay. your only
0: safe haven, and when when you know you're you're different, your mother yeah. will love you unconditionally.
1: And what this movie invites you to do, and what people expect, like I just read a review on Amazon. It was like this movie was so boring. There was no cannibalism in it. I'm like, you don't see anything. Not really. You think you do. Like you don't see the gory stuff that you expect. Like normally when you get a cannibal movie, you're thinking like an Italian cannibal movie with guts are getting ripped out and tugs being pulled out. Oh, yeah. None of them.
0: Yeah. You you There's want the original them. Night of the Living Dead. You you want the guts hanging out of their
1: mouths. You you yeah. want that. You, you want somebody eating the one end and it's just falling out their rotten. Mouth. <laughs> like but the thing. movie
0: knows you're here for that, and
1: it doesn't give you that.
0: It doesn't give you that, and it shames you on the way out. And
1: for me, Aww. the horror of the movie is that it invites you. Like, Carrie Ru- Carrie Russell says it. She's like, the thing. Okay, let me get this right. I'll be playing the sound clip because this will be easier. Oh, yeah, Please. I have a bunch of her quotes written down. I, I, most of my notes are quotes this time. The,
0: the, the person who sees inside of you, she, she's looking for the thing that completes you.
1: Yeah, there's that. But what she says is like, I think she said it early on in that first interaction with her college friend, She's like, What's natural is to wonder
2: what separates us
1: from them. What matters is what makes us the same. Your first impulse is to be like, oh my God, what's, why are they so different? But really what you should be looking at is, how are we the same?
0: Why them and not us?
1: Why them and not us? Both of these men are on these tragic paths before any of this happens. Mm -hmm. And I've been on various points of that path in my life. And I said, I could see how easily this could turn toxic. Oh, yeah. Why did they become monsters and not me?
0: Yes. Uh, and, And that's what Katie's arc is about, is she doesn't understand where... Where that break is, she feels so drawn to these men. As she continues to do her research, she talks about how lonely and alone they were. While as the movie progresses, she loses her boyfriend, she loses her friends. Uh, we stop seeing them on camera, and then we talk to one on a phone. And then no one ever talks to Katie anymore because she has completely isolated herself in
1: pursuit of this truth. And her eyes get more and more smoky as it goes along. Her eyes and get more and
0: more smoky. <laughs> well, that's uh. But I, I, I'm sure we'll talk about the the design of the movie more as we go on, but there's also no key lights in this movie. No one's eyes are lit up. and the other place I see that trick a lot is is Hannibal, but this this movie is an anti hannibal i I enjoy the Brian Fuller series so so much, but it's sexy. It's dangerous. We eat main characters, but it's still sexy. and this is the opposite of that it's it's not homoerotic. It's tragic.
1: The other thing that really is horrific for me because I keep getting sucked into it, is that even though they're going to do this horrible thing, these two men, there is such this emotional intimacy between them. Oh, I have notes about that. And you get sucked into it in weird ways. And you're like, why am I on your side? No. And then you pull yourself back and you get sucked back in. And it, it's, it's you want it's them nuts. to
0: have the thing they want. They're already alienated by society, by their families. And they're so close to the only thing that might make them feel better, even for a brief moment. And you just, you want them to have it. Yeah.
1: And you feel that want. Like, they, like there's no sex. They don't have sex at all i screened it a uh, uh last month actually back in june at, at my uh watch parties and somebody was saying afterwards like i thought it was weird that it's a gay movie and they didn't have sex or do anything gay i'm like did you see the way they looked at each other did you see they, oh God, how they no, t- the intimacy they would occasionally touch each other and every touch was so weighted that we've trans we've we've what's the word i'm looking for transcended we've transcended sex like this is even more intimate
0: yeah yeah and and we we speak about it all of it in a sexy way when when they meet when they they first um meet at the train station uh simon says i am your flesh i'm your flesh and oliver's like i i want you inside me like it is their version of intimacy uh, and and I I want to remember this like like a wedding like for like me this is romantic.
1: Before we get too subject. um, let, why don't we talk about our main characters?
0: Yeah. So, um, we have Simon and Oliver are our cursed gay couple and, uh, Simon and Oliver's names are not the names from any of the headlines of the actual cannibal cases, which means we can read into what they're named. Oh, oh, actually, wait, no, I want to go back a little bit. Uh, no. Love, the, the, the name of the movie in German is Rottenburg, which which is a place, but it's a pun on raw. Oh, okay. Raw flesh. Okay. Which means if we're already doing wordplay, that that gives us more reason to go into the characters' names and why they're named that.
1: And also, Rottenburg is on the um, the fairy tale city tour. Like, yes. it looks it, it's a town that you go to if you want to feel like you're in a Grimm's fairy tale.
0: That's that's where the scary woods are. That's where the monsters are. They're in the forest.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Because you can't have a fairy tale without monsters. Right, of course.
0: Uh, we have Oliver Hartwin. Uh, Patrick, if you had to name him, uh, any piece of media about a character named Oliver, who who would you say? Maybe if there was a musical based on a book and then a movie of that musical.
1: Well, I don't really know, but the only thing I know about Oliver is, please, sir, I want some more. I'm still hungry. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, cool. Uh, Hartwin
0: is German for brave friend. He's he's being brave and his stepping up and um for simon i don't have anything as literal uh, but I, I decided to go with the nursery rhyme because we are doing brother's Grimm. simple simon met a pyman going to the fair mm. Says simple simon to the pyman let me taste your wear
1: oh girl oh girl nice nice nicely done nicely thank, done thank and why is referencing a lot of times in film and tv the Screenwriters will give you a shortcut. They give you hints. Give you hints in the characters' names, mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't know. Like it's it's an audition tip. Like always look at your character's name when you get an audition <laughs> because whatever whatever it's bringing up in your head is what they want to have come up in your head. So you'll get you always get a clue. Anyway, please continue.
0: And, and my notes are mostly broken down because we do a lot of jumping around in timelines Yes.
1: the reason we're, go, we're not going to go plop up or plop because it could be so difficult because the we're jumping around in timelines and we're jumping around in time in the timelines yes
0: so we have our, our timelines for our, our two men and then we have our timeline for Katie our investigator working on her, her masters or whatever so we, we start with the we have the childhoods of both Simon and Oliver and they're broken in different ways um, okay why don't why don't,
1: we start, why don't we start with simon okay sure why don't you do the simon art
0: great uh so when simon is very young his mother commits suicide oliver hartwin located his victim simon grombeck in a
2: cannibal chat room on the internet when clinical psychologists reviewed the case it was revealed that simon's traumatic childhood starting with the suicide of his mother at the age of nine had caused him such irreparable guilt that he was never able to
0: overcome it why did
1: she commit suicide?
0: because she saw him playing doctor with one of his little friends
1: did she tell you about simon
2: what about him she caught him playing doctor with another boy probably just a face i had
4: to tell her these things happen
2: it doesn't mean anything shame to get upset over something so silly
1: I um, This time around, I had a repressed memory come up. Oh, no. I got caught playing doctor with my friends, except, you know, we were playing hospital. Sure. It was sexy. And it was, it, was, it was a couple of girls from down the block and a couple of boys and whatever. And somebody told that we played doctor. And I got in so much trouble for it. I got beaten. And the thing was, this is the part I blocked out. Yeah. You bought me a play doctor's kit. What did you think is going to happen? Me a stethoscope. <laughs> why are you hitting me? Why aren't you? Li- what did you think was going to happen? <sighs> I blocked that shit right out. That was terrible. That was a terrible... And I didn't oh, yeah. understand why I was in trouble. I didn't understand. I was like four.
0: <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay.
1: Yeah. So she catches her. His mom catches Simon.
0: Playing doctor. Oh, doctor. And, and later that evening, his father's reading him a fairy tale. And every evening...
5: Darkness came over the forest. The wild animals would soon come and tear them to pieces.
1: She doesn't all, love me. Why
0: won't why, why why, why Mother read to me? Doesn't she love me anymore? Dad. Yeah? Why won't Mom read to
2: me?
5: Mom had to go to bed early. She was tired. <laughs>
0: She
2: doesn't love me anymore, does she?
1: You hear a child say that. It so says, Mommy doesn't love me anymore. And she doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. No, the, the father tries to cover for it. And he's reading him a fairy tale. And did, did you see the wallpaper? The wallpaper has the forest on it. He's entering the forest. And the very top of the wallpaper, you see the matching boots of two little boys. Mm-hmm. They don't have the face on it. But we are already working in the, such thoughtful design in this film. Yeah, and
1: uh, the, the fairy tale that he's reading is also bad. And they went into the forest and they got eaten. It's something like that. Yeah they, yeah, they met the monsters and they got in so yeah everything is pointing towards
0: and and she she crashes her car after that um and on he purpose. never recovered yeah. on purpose and he never recovers from the guilt he that's that's what breaks him and like again i i told you this raised my hackles a little bit i kind of feel like we're doing the the, but I'm a cheerleader. We're finding our root. Well, my mother got married in pants, and like, especially growing up in my, because I'm I'm a millennial. I, I've always had a lot of resentment for. Well, what what made you queer? I've always been this way. I didn't understand why I had a crush on Gwen Stefani. Leave me alone. Um, uh, who doesn't have
1: a crush on Gwen Stefani?
0: Legit. <laughs> Thank you. This this raises my hackles a little, but it's it's not just the story of why they're both gay. It's the story of why they're both so
1: broken. Broken. Yeah, he never got over this. Like he, and he's internalized this for years. And this is what really resonated for me, too. Like, Simon really resonated for me just because I, I thought about, we all talk about some queer self-loathing. Oh, you know, we all, oh, we, God. oh, our internalized homophobia. They were so lonely that they had to create these
2: secret lives. Think about what that's like. To be so alone that you'd go through such extreme measures to be understood, to finally feel safe.
1: Can you imagine hating yourself this much that you want to erase, not just kill yourself, but erase yourself out of existence, to want your, your penis pitten off? because that's going to make the universe right with your mother the
0: penance is you you don't get to express your sexuality you don't get to have uh, romantic love that that's what you owe the universe back and we we see him as an adult and he has a boyfriend who's not afraid to hold his hand in public and wants to go to the museum with him and he's his, his boyfriend is kind and loving and simon just has this guilt and he's like well have you ever done anything unforgivable and his boyfriend believes in redemption
5: have you ever done something something you regret who hasn't <laughs> no I mean something big something you can't
3: take back did you do something I'm just talking no no no, no, no. I guess I didn't understand what you were asking Fix it. Fix the unfixable. God, that's a tough one. You could make it up to the person. What if the person is gone? You know, I guess it's all about setting things right however you can, making things right with the universe.
0: He said, well, you could do anything you could to make it up to the person. And Simon asks him, are you happy? You deserve to be. It's just he's even when he is surrounded by romantic love, he is unfulfilled. He is lonely. He doesn't know why.
1: Yeah, I just I just gotta say hats off to Felix. I loved Felix. Felix breaks my heart. Like yeah. I'm glad we don't get a resolution with Felix because how awful is this journey for this character? Because when you meet Felix, he's a bartender. I'm like Simon's gonna get used. He's gonna get he's gonna get used once. He's gonna be upset. No, but no, Felix doesn't just love Simon. He adores Simon. He dotes on Simon. Simon is his world, and Simon just can't really. Let him
0: in. He can't be fully present. He can't be be uh, uh, what's the word I want? Vulnerable with him. It's just awful. And we we start a visual metaphor that co- follows throughout the whole film. Is um, we we see them after they've had sex, I think, or we do a pan away as they like they're going to have sex, and there's
1: yeah, the first time, yeah,
0: the first time. There's there's three burning candles next to their bed. Which we're gonna see follow throughout the film as as that that shows up whenever there's love, whenever there's actual intimacy in the movie.
1: The first time they have sex, Felix draws the infinity symbol mm. on Simon's belly, mm. and it's sweet. I know what that means.
5: Forever. Sexual union.
1: Two become one completeness sexual union to becoming one completeness take that one step further into a dark place union to becoming one completeness
0: Yep. eat me eat me well that's that's what we open the movie with is katie's monologue about what searching for the thing that makes you complete and there's only and she talks about it In the context of, for her, it's a dream. She finds the person who makes her complete, but then she wakes up. She knows it's a fairy tale. I have this dream sometimes.
2: In this dream, my life is smooth and ordered, purposeful. Everything has a reason, everything is in its place, and I am no longer afraid. Because somehow, in this dream, I've left my old self behind. The graduate student, the compulsive note-taker, the eternal question asker. The girl who was searching for something to fill that dark hole inside of her and quiet her loss. I've left all this behind to become something more. Something pure as I finally found what I've been searching for. Because in this dream, I'm not alone. Someone else is there. I can't see them yet, but all of me is moving towards this person. This person obscured, but most definitely there. And knowing this person is there, I feel all my fears beginning to lift off me like fog rising from the lake. And then
1: I wake up. In my dream, I am organized, purposeful, I am unafraid. I've left my old self behind and I'm moving towards something someone that will complete me. And it's what it's ultimately this this goal of hers to. That's the thing that she thinks is going to complete her, that when she finds this t- this videotape. Then she'll have the, the knowledge
0: murder. and she'll understand the extreme steps these people took and she'll understand what differentiates them. And then she'll she'll be better.
1: <laughs> she'll
0: she'll achieve the nirvana of that understanding. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, poor Katie. Katie, Katie, Katie. <laughs> no, not poor Katie. Katie does this to herself. She does. She does. But, you know, who has it? Oh, uh, legit, and that's that's why we
0: identify with her. Is it's?
1: <laughs> I'm gonna get that one role, and it's gonna be the best experience of my life. Or I'm gonna get cast in a TV oh, show. then you least- finally
0: get there, and then the entire creative team is awful, and they're yelling and shoving you and sexually abusing your castmates? You're like, I worked so hard for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, but you got exactly what you wished for. You weren't specific enough when you wished. I watched too many Wishmaster movies or Evil Genie movies. I'm- be more specific. Oh yeah, be no, more I,
0: specific. My <laughs> father's an attorney. You, you <laughs> want you want to lay out the terms exactly. There's no wordplay here. Attach a codicil the whole thing.
1: <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about Oliver's childhood. I, I just wanted to say, oh, like, please. The, the thing that resonated with me the time, like that, thinking about that kind of self-loathing, and I said, do the kids today have that? Are kids today that ashamed about who they are? I, I started thinking like, whatever it was, like 10, 12 years ago, where there was that incredible rash of teenage queer suicides.
0: I don't think that ever really stopped, Patrick. I know. I think that
1: that's, that was my other thought. I'm like, they just stopped reporting it, didn't they? Just like serial killers.
0: They stopped reporting it, um, but the the numbers aren't great. The Now, I'm not super in touch with Gen Z. I'm old. But what I have seen is there's like a movement back to language policing and purity culture, especially in the queer community. It's the, the self-loathing I see is expressed in, well, we're gonna be the acceptable queers. The straight people are gonna like us. The yeah. the the no sex at pride people, the well, you can't say queer, it's a slur. I'm making a face. I Patrick can see my face. I hope you can hear the face I'm making for the microphone as somebody who identifies as queer I am making a face
1: for listeners of Demi Wonka Lewis that was not a scrunchy face that was a new face that was kind of a jaw off to the side our face
0: it's, it's, it's the eternal the
1: fuck there you go <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I just was wondering. Like it, it, it just got my brain thinking, and I'm sure they do. I'm sure there is that kind of thing. That 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 stuff doesn't go away, especially uh, that I thought about the religious cultures that are trying to repress it. And we're, we're it expresses
0: itself differently, and especially the the culture is different, the politics are different, the legislation is different. Um, it's just in a different way.
1: But yeah, then I had to remember. Oh yeah, don't you remember, Patch? Remember that time you thought your family found out and remember what went through your mind about what you were going to do to yourself. I'm like, Oh yeah, it's still there. It, yeah. It can't, yeah, no, I yeah can't. No, that's
0: that's deep down in there. And, <laughs> and then I
1: had to magnify it. i I'm like, imagine, like imagine that a million times worse than your Simon.
0: No, I'm good. I don't, I don't need to, but I did. I'm staying but I did. out of that <laughs> dark place as best I can. The movie made me do Oh that. yeah. The movie holds your hand and walks you there. <laughs> mm-hmm because would you like to examine your own self-loathing the ways that society doesn't accept you when you should feel fulfilled by something good that happens to you and you just can't take it yeah This movie hurts in my bones. I'm so excited
1: to talk about it. It'll be good to get the poison out. It'll be good to get the poison out and give it to other people like give the ring. People, yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, We're sharing. This predates the ring, right? What year is this? Or no, yeah. they're about the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, about the same time. Yeah. About the same time. Uh, Oliver's childhood starts with his father driving away. Someone else is in the car with his father. I'm I i do not think we explain who it is. It's a child.
1: It's another boy. This resonated for me this time. Every time we they show the exterior of, of Oliver's house, the angle of it has a swing set.
0: Every single time. Because the childhood trauma is so important to the that the pyramid we're building.
1: And also it's a swing set with one it only swing on it is one of those swings for two. I said, That second seat has never been filled for Oliver, has it?
0: He's waiting for it. And we're going to examine someone who could have been his potential partner and he walks right past her.
1: Also, I just thought, for what we get, I'm like, that father just left, took one brother, not the other brother. Why did they leave Oliver behind?
0: Why did they leave? And then as they're driving away, the mother isn't even surprised. She's like, you can come in and make me some tea. Dad!
2: Let me come with you.
3: You can't. You have to stay with your mother. Go go inside. We we'll see you later.
4: Please let me. Let me come with you. Please let me. Die! Ah. Ah.
2: Ah. Oliver! Get back into the house. You can fix tea from
0: me. This is oh, really we where we gotta get into
1: get this. into her, his mother. Ooh. Oh god. <laughs> she,
0: so this this is where I had the most raised hackles of the domineering mother and the little boy too close to her apron strings, and that's why he's gay because she could just never let him go be a man. But like she's she's terrifying.
1: <laughs> she's manipulative, she's sociopathic, and she's infantilizes him. Oh yes. She keeps him. There's a scene later on, like. Again, this time through, I never noticed it before. It just shows her in a rocking chair, like in her later life. And she's nodding off. You can just see out of the corner of your eye, at the corner of the screen, rather that Oliver, grown Oliver, grown ass 40 year old Oliver is kneeling on the floor on a rug, putting a jigsaw puzzle together. Not the table.
0: Well, she's also she's the forest. Her house coat that she's wearing for most of her appearances in the movie is covered in vines and trees. Yep. She she is the danger. She is part of the
1: monster. Her whole thing is that she is instilled in Oliver that she could never be left alone. You have to stay with me always, which is why he's doing a puzzle on the rug as a grown man while she falls asleep. Because I have to be here because she can't be alone.
0: Well, we start to see as as he's a, an adult, the one thing that fulfills him that isn't his mother she's crying for him please come here i'm in pain and he's watching snuff films on a television in his bedroom
1: he's watching faces of death but they called it something else <laughs> which is of course fake but not, not the point right now
0: for once there's there's no tension on his face he's watching it and he's just Relieved and intrigued, and this is this is the only thing that's drawn his attention. And he finally goes over to and she's like, I was calling for you, I was screaming for hours. There you are. I've been calling you.
4: My hands, my feet. Every joint in my body aches. <laughs> Call oh, Fraschinda. Her remedies always work.
0: My hands hurt. Call her. She says, "Oh, call." I, I forget her name. The, the straight uh, lady.
1: Her remedies always work. we'll welcome back, to her. Okay, but, yeah the thing like she does want to be like a little and also is a hypochondriac. and the thing is i cannot talk about this person in my family because they've threatened to sue me if i talk about them again but there is a Ooh. family member of mine who is this character oh no manipulative like does all the same things like this person babysitted me when i was little and i i don't know i didn't do something right and she pretended to get so upset that she she fell on the floor. And was like, oh, I'm having a heart attack. Oh, oh, look, did. That kind of thing. And she does, she does it to her kids. All of her kids are fucked up. Mom,
4: wake up, mom.
2: Sweetheart, I came in to check on you. I felt dizzy. I must have fallen. Did I wake you up? Why are you
4: dressed? Don't be
2: upset. Thank God you were here to help me.
4: If I were alone, imagine what could have happened. But I'm not alone. Am I?
2: Never leave me alone, Oliver. Ever.
1: We're all we have. All of it is here. All of it. It's like, it ventilizes well, them. It's the phone just, is terrible.
0: literally next to her bed. And, Ow, and my hand. Oh well, my! She but does, my hands hurt. I can't use that.
1: But that was. She's like I was calling you for hours, and she goes. <coughs> <coughs> and she's coughing and she's coughing, but her eyes dart to the side to see how he's reacting to her coughing. So it's she's not actually. i like you are a manipulative, psychopathic bitch. You are terrifying.
0: She she's why Oliver is broken. She broke him into tiny little busted pieces. And in his childhood, we we see him in school, and he's wearing these like dorky ass later hosen.
1: Yeah, she makes him wear later hosen. <laughs>
0: she makes him wear like traditional blah blah fairy tale garb. Ding 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 yes. Yeah. Um, we're we're setting up the Hansel, and and the the boys in school are like, your mother make you wear that? What's going on there? And he gets. He gets one little weirdo friend, and what do they do for fun? They watch a lady butcher a pig. We like that.
1: Yeah, he's, the, he's that secret friend that he, everybody wants. We go and do dangerous things. He comes over and we hide so my mother doesn't see him. And it turns out he doesn't exist. He's in his head. He's made up a friend.
0: He's made up a friend, and the friend is really nefarious things to say. So, Oliver's trying to make friends with one of the little boys at school, is also getting bullied.
1: Carl, <laughs> Carl. <laughs> Might made the mistake of introducing us to llamas with hats over Patrick on Daniel's. I've
0: seen llamas with hats. Neither I
1: had, it. It didn't have the cultural resonation that it did for you.
0: I saw it at a tender young age. I was a millennial. I, I grew up with flash and animations Man. in the internet. Yeah, I know, uh, yeah I no, know. they're there with Charlie Charlie the Unicorn. Oh, my Boston accent. Charlie, Charlie go. Shun, <laughs> <me non-deliver>, shun. <laughs> um, but the non believer. Shun. But the imaginary friend that he's made up is whispering to him about this guy he's trying to make friends with, going, he'll leave you like everyone else. Today at school, I saw everything
2: when they laugh at you
4: they'll laugh at Carl too
5: hi, I'm Carl
4: he doesn't want to be laughed at nice Lederhosen.
2: he'll leave you like everyone else everyone but
0: her but don't worry there is one way to make him stay. Yeah. Everyone but her, there's one way to make him stay. And then we see his imaginary friend standing behind an axe in a butcher block.
1: And with huge, like, razor teeth, needle teeth, right? Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's,
0: <laughs> so his brokenness has been there from a tender young age. Yeah.
1: <sighs> yeah. To be a parallel to Felix for Simon, Oliver has this... Bond with the woman who comes over to give his mother her medicine they have some nice scenes together and she gives some some ra- lots of rational advice you shouldn't be so alone
3: I'm not alone
4: mothers don't count
3: I'd like to find somebody maybe after mother
0: you will. I have a feeling. She is super helpful, and, and she's the the counter to the, the one person who gets you, who makes you complete. When she sees him watching snuff film, she's like, oh, yeah, I've seen this. Faces seen it, of yeah. death. This is great. Hey, do you remember when I gave you a doll, and he's like, I ate it. I broke it up in little pieces, and I ate it. And she's like, yeah, okay, that tracks. Do you remember the doll I gave you?
3: Doll?
4: The one I gave you when you were 14.
3: Yes, of course.
4: Do you still have it?
3: I, uh, I... It's the funniest thing. I... I ate it.
4: The whole thing?
3: I don't know why. Piece by piece, years ago... (sighs) Kids do weird things, don't they?
0: Kids are weird. (laughs) Kids are weird. And when his mother finally dies, she gives him rational advice.
5: Mom died. Oh,
4: my dear boy. I'm, I'm sorry. Oliver? Are you still there?
3: I'm all alone.
4: You'll be okay. As hard as this is, it's part of life. Oliver, this is your chance to leave the boy behind and become a man. It's time
0: for you. Well, this is, this is a stage in your life. You're an adult. People's parents pass, and it's time for you to go do other stuff. She's known him since his childhood. She's the person who should see him.
1: It's time for you to be a man and leave the boy behind. Oh, well, that's going to come right back and bite us in the ass. Um, well, well, when his mother finally passes, this is a wonderful, wonderful scene in the basement. Like, the basement is flooded, and she has gone down there, because whatever, and she died down there. She had a heart attack or something, She she died. We don't really know what happened, She's but She's floating
0: died. in the water, and he's immersed in it. And water, as we know for anyone who's seen Fern Gully or Avatar frequently, represents sexuality. So he's down there, and he finds his mother, and it's this awakening for him. And the wall of the basement starts to have this little trickle of water come out and the dam literally
1: bursts but also what's happening in real time is that Kara Russell has gone to, to to see this house and she's broken in and she's in the basement she's trying to take pictures and she's using her flash camera so it's cutting back and forth so it's like him finding the body and lightning it's like the storm happening all around him. it's really cool it's really cool but the thing is when that dam finally breaks it symbolically breaks and he, the, the basement floods and fills up he sees the boy swim over him he doesn't leave the boy behind the boy leaves him yeah his ghost boy's like, fuck y'all. I'm out of here. She's gone. You're on your own. You're all alone. You're all alone. <sighs> yeah, because the same with Frau, whatever her name is. She's just like, you need to have a friend. I hope you find someone. Something she's going to pass, and I hope you find someone. You don't deserve to be alone. He's like, I'm not alone. Because I have my little freaky friends, yeah, my freaky brain <gasps> friend, or I'm with my. Ma- I have got mother. I'm never alone because of mother. Thanks, Norman. The little, the, the one little, t- the little touch that I thought was great. Um, they were walking down the hallway, and she's like, God, "Can I see your bedroom? A bedroom can tell you a lot about a person." There's a sign on the door that says "kinderzimmer," which means child's room, and she goes, "Oh." You should probably take this down. He says, oh, no, 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 that would get Mother Angle. She only put it up last week. Last week!
0: Mother wouldn't like that.
1: And his, they don't they don't call too much attention to it, but his, it's still a kid's room. It's a children's-sized bed, stuffed toys, kids' wallpaper. She will not let this man grow up, and it's sad.
0: We can start off Katie's subplot, and then, and then bring it all together for the landing?
1: Yeah, yeah. Like I said, we started with this dream.
0: And she's like walking through the house, making a pot of coffee. But it's all blurry. It's all blurry. It's all blurry. It's out of focus. And we're talking about that, that imaginary state of understanding and completion and the person who gets you there. And then I wake up. And we we continue with our water metaphor. She's speaking about why them and not us when she's swimming in a pool at her college.
2: Is it wrong to want to find someone who can see inside of you? Into the darkest corners of your heart and still love you? On September 19th, 1998, Oliver Hartwin first made contact via the internet with Simon Grombeck. Ten days later, they met. Twelve hours later, Simon Grombeck was dead. When I first heard the details of the case, I didn't sleep for three nights. Is it a coincidence then, that four years later, I found myself doing my graduate studies in Germany? Where, when we had to choose a thesis topic, I would have access to the subjects I had always known I would choose. Hartwin and Grombeck. Was it a coincidence, or was I meant to be here? Where I could see the houses they grew up in, the roads they walked on, where I could maybe learn to see inside them, the way they had seen inside each other. Oliver Hartwin wanted to eat someone, and Simon Gronbeck wanted to be eaten.
0: They were a perfect match she she she's on on the search for that kind of love for that's that kind of Completion,
1: Completion. yes. More about completion. Like this will complete me. This will make me the person who I was destined to be. I'm going to break this case. I'm going to get notoriety from it. I am going to have the best thesis that's ever been written.
0: I'm going to be the one who makes other people people understand
1: it. Yeah, I'm going to, yes, right.
0: One of the things I love about the design of this movie when she's doing her research in the library, she's pulling up old articles on microfiche. And then we zoom. Microfiche,
1: microfiche. I love a good microfiche montage.
0: We zoom in on the microfiche. So when we get our flashback, for the childhood of Oliver and Simon, we get it on degraded film. We're using it to move back and forth in our timelines. And it's very clear visual storytelling, even though we do a lot of jumping back and forth between the present and Katie investigating and adult Simon and Oliver and their childhoods. It's always very clear by how they've dialized the, the shot.
1: Yeah. Yep. And I love these early scenes with her too. I didn't love Katie the first time through. I thought she was unnecessary, but over time i really grown to it. Once I kind of clicked in like, Oh, she's part of this too. She's on yeah. that journey too. Yeah. And she needs, she needs to be completed by them. And when she gets, she doesn't like it. it's her fairy tale as well. But there's this scene with her with her normal friends with her normal school friends who feel like they should be bigger parts like they're so well they, they establish themselves really quickly they're so
0: good but that the, you're supposed to miss them you're supposed to go why aren't they coming back
1: but what I love about this this is where we get a lot of information about the case itself because yeah. you know, she's one friend is explaining to a third friend what Katie's been doing it's about Oliver Hartwin why would you want to write about him because she's sick
2: and twisted thanks Morgan you're welcome
3: what's the paper about the trial
2: no it's more psychological none of us have perfect lives but people like Oliver Hartwin and his victim Simon Grombeck they took this plunge into darkness that intrigues me I mean why them and not us you know
3: well he ate him alive right
2: just the penis he saved the rest for later what yes grombeck the victim he was sedated at the time half a bottle of vodka two bottles of cough syrup and a whole package of sleeping pills Part ate 51 pounds of him of Grombeck. He started to run out of meat, and he posted another ad on the internet looking for a new victim. Then someone realized he was serious, reported him to the police, and apparently people taste like pork. Good to know. Are you going to look for the video? The one Hardwin made, the dinner, the murder. Well, it's not murder if you want to be killed, right?
3: Wait, there's a video?
2: Yeah, the man got the whole thing on tape.
3: You know way too much about this.
2: She's infecting me with her sickness. I'm not sick. It's morbid curiosity. We all have it. Anyway, I'd love to see the tape.
3: You could really watch that?
2: I don't know. But it doesn't matter anyway. It was never leaked. The only people to see the tape were, you know, the cops, the lawyers, the psychiatrists, and the jury.
1: And the details of the case are coming up. Oh, yeah. And he cut off his penis and he ate it. And then he, oh, he ate 51 pounds of Simon. And then over the next couple of days. They only he was caught back. him because he
0: ran out of meat. They're just talking about it like it's whatever.
1: And this is like the most sensational it is. It's like, see, isn't it gross? Isn't it horrible? I noticed this stuff the whole time. They're eating the whole time. They're eating meat the whole time. So they're yeah. eating slaughtered animals and talking about how gross it is for somebody else to be eating meat. Yes, of they a are. a different slaughtered animal. So, yeah, it's all grim, grim.
0: It is grim. Oh, 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 they use they use some really cool language in that scene. They say I don't want to uh I don't want you to be infected with the knowledge. Uh, because we this fascination spreads like an infection and it, it continues to to get worse.
1: I'm gesturing to both of us going, see, look at us. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're infected
0: now all y'all listeners you got you got the the infection in your brain you're welcome and she also she has another monologue where where she misuses some words but the the point stands. she talks about that vertigo is the fear you want to jump there's that call of the void and she says everyone has it does everyone have it, Katie? Or is it just the people that you are speaking to during your research? It seems like your friends back at dinner didn't have that call of the void. They told you to, to stop doing this research and to do something else. Also, uh, I want to draw additional attention to the fact that Katie's our only American in this movie. The point is that she's a fish out of water, that she's from somewhere else. She doesn't quite fully get the culture and she doesn't speak the language. Everyone else keeps trying to warn her when she goes to a school that I don't remember if it was Simon or Oliver's school. It was Oliver's Oliver school and she she kind of sneaks in and someone finds her and she's like, "Oh, well, I was just, you know, a former student went here and I was looking for information." And he's like, "You'll find no answers here. Please, please just go." Everyone tells her this is a bad idea. And she's like, "Nope, I got this. American can do it. I can I'm going to go find it." Uh thanks it's for your help. It's my identity. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, and through her, we're getting a lot, like she does a lot of narration. Like she's the connective tissue. Like we're getting a lot. It's her on her various points of the journey and her kind of narrating what goes on in these other scenes and she's got some wonderful stuff imagine a guilt that just grows and grows until it's just swallowed every part of who you are
2: imagine a guilt that just grows and grows until it has swallowed every part of who you are leaving nothing else just this poison eating its way through your bones searching for release in his mind Simon was unforgivable in his heart he was unlovable
0: She doesn't, she doesn't know it's guilt yet. She thinks she thinks she's been called and I love her journey. She, she, when she's riding the train to get into the forest, she's, it's going the wrong way. So like we read left to right, she's got a newspaper in front of her, but the the train is moving to the left. She's moving backwards. When she takes a bus to get closer to the murder house, she's alone on that bus, like now, and the coat she wears on that bus is covered in black trees. She is now in the forest and it's full of
1: death and rotting and bad things. Here there be monsters.
0: Here there be monsters. Maybe you should turn back. When she gets to the house, it's locked. She has to break in. The house does
1: not want her there. No, no. I mean, granted, <sighs> that woman didn't help. The woman, that the, the harbinger that she met in town. The, the woman harbinger like,
0: whose who's clothing is like covered in all those traditional ribbons like we saw on the later hosen, And she is the best. Best lit woman in the entire
1: movie. Mm-hmm. She's got one of the scariest lines. She's like, "Oh, she finally." She's like, "Are you here to see the Hardwick House?" Are and she's like, "Oh yeah, there's always one of you. There's always someone coming around sniffing around."
2: You're going to the Hardwin House, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We get those every once in a while. Curious cats, huh? <laughs> Did you know him? He used to mow my lawn. Nice boy. Hmm.
0: That's it. Over there, down the hill.
2: Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) It's the way he left it, you know. When he's released in a few years,
1: he'll be back. going to need some place to live when he gets out in a few years. That woman's a witch. She's a witch, no question. You no <laughs> sure, why not? She's <laughs> the people you meet in the forest. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not doing all of Hansel and Gretel today, but that, that lady's definitely the
1: witch. Oh, you really probably shouldn't go there. But, but yes, if you uh, want to, here's directions. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to sit back <laughs> and see what happens. I'm, I need my house. <laughs> <laughs> That's what witches do when no kids show up. They it's throw us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, as as we move forward in our little journey, Katie starts going to the same. Like, and this is the wild west of the internet, the same cannibal forums that Simon and Oliver met each other on.
1: The cannibal canteen. This is me. Part of it wants me to have the Andrew sisters performing there. (laughs) Like time (laughs) canteen. (laughs) Hollywood canteen. Give out donuts made of flesh.
0: Oh, man. But once she starts, she, she says she's looking for the tape because we established at the dinner with her friends that there is a tape of of the the slaughter the events, and the dinner yes. of the event yeah. of the uh the bad thing that happened and someone starts corresponding with her not using a name just saying there's more of us than you think there's supposedly like 900 cannibals in germany i need your address don't give a cannibal your address, Katie. When
1: you're at the point where you're giving out your address to cannibals on the dark web of the internets of 2004, there are problems in your life, girl.
0: There's problems in your life, but there's also another indictment of the viewer I want to talk about here. When she's corresponding with him, every time she clicks send, the camera moves like half an inch to the right to reply all. Who else is all, Patrick? Be awesome.
1: It's us. It's up. Hey, buddy. And the movie warns you like, listen, this is what we're you know what we're building towards. We're giving you every opportunity to go.
0: Do you, you want to get out while well, they getting's good? The door's right there. But yeah, and it's it's indictment of the viewer, like, isn't brand new. Like turn of the screw uses the second person. It sneaks it in there, but it's it's so good. It's so the movie sneaks you in and gets you there. And I think this is a good time to transition to when we get Simon and Oliver together. If, if you, if you don't need to take a five minute break and go hug no, your cat. It's
1: fine. No, 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 she's no, it's fine. It's fine. Cause this, this, I mean, this is really where the movie takes off is when they start to connect because just in mere filmmaking, Hollywood terms, their stuff is lightning. They're, it's magic. If, if this was a different movie and a different time and a different place, and they weren't saying these words. It's magic. All of it. Yeah. There is a... Okay. I'm just cutting ahead because this is one of my favorite parts of the movie. Okay. They, they do their hookup. I, oh, God. <laughs> you know what? No, I'm not going to jump there yet. I take okay. it back.
0: Okay. Where, where would you like to go? The email exchange. Oh, the email exchange. I would like nothing more
3: than to dine on your flesh. I'm dead serious about this. Do you have any pictures of your body?
5: This is something i've wanted ever since i was a child something i need i want you to bite my thing off can your teeth do the job attached is a picture of my body i hope you will find me tasty
3: I want you to be in me, here are my teeth, they're very strong and capable of everything you desire. flesh but don't worry i'll get rid of the rest do you still want to go ahead with this there's no way
0: wanted to bring up that we do we do have a false victim we have someone who signs up to get eaten
1: the first course yes Uh
0: (laughs) i don't think it counts as a first course i think it's like a picture menu that they take away from you later yep yep uh, but someone someone responds and he's posting he says serious only and he he gets this guy over he has him wrapped in saran wrap and the, the guy just thinks it's a role play and he's drawing on him like going this will be a good cut of steak this will be a that oh yeah the rub
3: ah oh. most of the meat is right here The rump. Oh yeah. The rump. Oh. If the meat's thick enough. This will make a juicy steak. Oh, I can't wait to save your
4: delicious flesh. Mm.
1: Oh, and, the guy's doing oh, all and the he's like fronting and like, yeah, making the all guy's the porn noises. porn noises. Oh, yeah. Mm. I mean, the guy has a full-on murder basement and you're okay with this? <laughs> he, he does. He's converted. He murder he back. starts to
0: tie the chain around his legs, picks his legs up. and The guy's like, oh, I've got a headache. <sighs> Ready? Ah, 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 ah,
3: ah. Ah, 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 my brain is pumped. Ah. It's all the blood rushing to your head. When I slit your throat, it'll come squirting out all over me. Ah,
0: ah.
1: That way, when I slit your throat, the blood will squirt all over me.
0: It'll come all over me. Like, he's using all this super sexualized language, being like, yeah, when I slit your throat. And then the guy just starts, like, crying. I don't want to do this. <laughs> no. Let me down.
5: Let
3: me down. Oh, oh. I said, serious only.
0: And Oliver's not angry at him. He doesn't hurt him. He's just disappointed. He said, I said, serious only. I offered you my, my most intimate favorite thing. And you said yes, and you don't want this.
1: I want to double back because this is actually reflected in Simon's storyline too. Simon. Oh yeah, yeah. When we're cruising for the dick biters. He picks up. He picks up a, a sex worker during the sex. He's t- you know he's he's mildly tied up. His hands are mildly tied up. He could have gotten out easily, but yeah. In the throes of passion, he says, "Bite it, bite my thing,
0: bite my thing, bite my thing,
1: bite it <sighs> off." Oh, no. oh, no. oh, oh, oh.
5: Put off. Off. off! I can
4: I can't. <laughs>
1: And I realize this time, I mean, that's the first time he said anything about this to anybody. That's the first time he said that. He immediately gets rejected and it's heartbreaking. He, and it's he, weird. He's like, he bites him a I little and he's like,
0: I can't do it. And then Simon just starts crying. He, he finally had, had the guts to say it. And he can't have it. And he just starts weeping.
1: And goes home to Felix who has no idea what's going on.
0: Oh, yeah. He's been telling Felix that he's been working late. And Felix is just like, you've been working so
1: hard lately. You're on the computer so often
5: offer myself to you and will let you dine from my life body. If you really want to do this, you will need a real victim. And that's what I wish to be.
3: Are you coming to bed soon? No, uh, I'm just finishing up. You've been working so hard lately. Spending so much time on a computer.
1: I'll be right there. Mm. Red flag! Mm. (laughs) Red flag, red flag. It was the early days. We didn't know better. Sure we didn't. Sure, okay, sure. The worst thing is like you think he's cheating. This is so much <laughs> this, I mean no. I would say this this counts as cheating. Yeah, my girlfriend wants to get eaten by a total. I don't stranger. think this <laughs> is
0: just murder. I think this counts as cheating. I think this is romantic. It's past that. Well it's not it's but, but it, it is also
1: I'm gonna show this part of me to some total stranger, this part that I've never shown you. You've given me everything. And I just no <laughs> not for you. Awful. Okay. So anyway, yeah, so this this book ended. Scene of them both getting rejected. Oh, in did you way.
0: did you catch uh, Oliver's email in the sketchy forum? Ah, uh,
1: anthropagus.
0: Anthropagus.
1: What's that it's mean, Patrick? It's like it's like anthropologist.
0: Phageus. What's a genophage? What's a bacteriophage? <sighs> eater. Man eater. What did she
1: just call me? She just called me a phagus It's a she, p- called, <laughs> she called me a phageus. <laughs> No, I called you Fagin. We were talking about Oliver. Oh, right. Sure. Uh (laughs) What fisticuffs? Okay, we're back. (laughs) Shut up and (laughs) drink your gin. (laughs) No frills or furbelows here. No, sir. Oh, my Uh, goodness. (laughs) Hey, that's... May anyway we're about this movie
0: i love i love the camera work on them emailing back and forth it's just their hands on on the keyboards and it's like dimly lit like they're in separate spaces that are the same space they're destined to be together
1: and they're swapping picks and normally that's just part of the process but like here's a pick of my teeth you know what I'm yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's their dick pic. is this one's teeth my teeth are strong and can bite through anything oh buddy oh, 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 oh buddy, <laughs> oh, buddy. What I think is fascinating, too, when they finally meet, like, nothing really goes the way I thought it would in a couple of ways. What I think is fascinating is that Simon, who wants to be eaten, is in control. The sub is usually in control, Patrick. I know that, but he's aggressively in control. Like, you would not, I don't expect to see that in a movie.
0: No, I loved that. I love that. And we spend so much time. Establishing consent between these two men for this horrible act and I think that's why it's so important we do have the false lead of the guy who doesn't want to get murdered we know it's not just Oliver on uh, a murder get murdered. like
1: yeah that it's not gonna be that kind of movie they, they, yeah it's like okay fine go bye yeah,
0: they let him out uh, the, the consent is so important and like Simon shows up ready to go he's like I brought cough syrup because you know I'll have some kind of reaction and I'll, I'll try to run away and react to the pain but I have a cough syrup and we have a plan
1: it has to be tonight Not tomorrow, not the day after. I want this done tonight.
5: I've been planning this in my head for so long. It has to be perfect. It will be. Are you sure you can do this? Of course. I mean it. I want this to happen tonight. Not in a day, not in a week. I don't want you to get scared.
4: I won't.
1: And it has to be perfect, which makes sense because you can only do it once.
0: Well, and they spend so much time talking about the perfection and the transformation. And it's going to be like a wedding. We look like a butterfly. Caterpillars are ugly, but we're going to be like a butterfly. We look like a butterfly. (laughs)
4: Caterpillars
3: are ugly at first. into this
4: beautiful thing.
0: Right. And they spend so much time talking about know it's going to be magic it's going to be transformative they're not wrong A transformation will occur oh and uh speaking speaking about simon being in control results may vary <laughs> results may vary speaking of simon being in control when he goes back to get more drugs and he's taking them in like the gas station bathroom or the murder basement bathroom the mirror is split up in, oh, in it's, it's it's
1: it's 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 the murder basement, bathroom. The, murder basement the tub, bathroom the tub is behind him
0: right okay uh the mirror is in three little panels and when he's before he's taking the drugs his face is whole in one mirror and as he's taking the pills and the cough syrup and the vodka he leans over to where his his image is split he's the one cutting himself
1: up yeah um because this almost backfires this meaning almost does backfire they yes. get back to the place he guzzles his cough syrup
0: and he says it's not working. He can't feel it like that much adrenaline.
1: And so he's like forget it, forget it. It it gives him enough time to think. He's getting flashbacks of Felix. Oh. And just seeing him prep for the day, he wrote out a will. Leaves everything to Felix and he leaves the, the will on the kitchen counter. Not a goodbye note, not an I'm sorry, I love you, nope here's my will thanks feeling well, that's what felix, felix. that's
0: what he was asking felix for everything simon is doing with felix is such suicidal behavior
1: i know i know but just, i'm just picturing coming home to that i just i picture felix throughout this movie finding that's out what felix
0: asked for was make it up to the person not apologize to them it was make it up to them he was giving him everything he had
1: because he said well yeah okay right i get that yeah, okay let me see it that way, but still, ow, ow, ow. Oh, no, it hurts.
0: Um, it's, it hurts something awful.
1: <laughs> but so that the first meeting doesn't
0: go. He has to be taken back. And, and we know we're not on a murder bender because Oliver takes him back.
5: How are you feeling? I drank the whole damn thing. Why isn't working?
4: It's <laughs> Take it back. Take it back.
0: And it starts raining. It's like the scene in the notebook. It's the water sexuality has come back to us. And they realize, no, this is our connection. This is our most extreme version of love.
3: I had this feeling earlier tonight. When you stepped off the train, that yeah. we were meant for each other.
1: I'm John Cusack holding up a radio in the rain. It's that. It's in another movie. This is romantic. When I first saw it, I was like, you get back in that car. That man loves you. (laughs) Why am I rooting for this? because maybe they won't do it, although we know they're going to do we it. Know, because we know they're do- going to do it. We started with that. Because it's, it's in the past. It's already happened. Past now. Yeah, it's very <laughs> But it's gorgeously shot. The moment you stepped off the train, I knew it was you. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. So just just to feel
0: even more lonely, when we get back to the murder basement, Simon takes the, the pills and swigs the vodka. He hugs Oliver. It is the only hug in the movie. Yeah. He says, I'm ready now. And it's yeah. it's so intimate. This is like when I really just wanted to rip my guts out of my
1: body. They don't touch often, of what they do, it, it hits like a bomb. We mentioned earlier after Simon took the first bottle of cough, tr- cough syrup and it doesn't work, and he says, I can't do this, take me home. Oliver just comes and gently puts his hand on the side of Simon's face. And I'm like, <laughs> Like why am I crying for this? I don't want this to happen, but this, the, the the connections there, like another time, another time, another place.
0: So Simon comes out. He says, "I'm ready now," and that's when we get the we're like a butterfly. And he says, "We're like a butterfly when when he's still in the hug." So it's like only them together counts as the butterfly, like like the origin of love in Hedwig. Like they're they're only transformative as a union.
1: This is the chemical reaction that we need. It's these two we need two parts. It's not gonna work with one part on its own. Maya, I told you this the last time we tried to record. Yeah. That there I am after watching the movie, cooking my piece of chicken. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, you did tell me about it. That time I was just revolted by it. This time I guys I started thinking about the logistics of cooking and eating a penis. And the biology of that. Because uh, that's the first thing Simon wants. It's the first thing on the agenda. Get rid of this. Bite it off.
0: Bite it off. And and he can't even achieve it with Justice T. So he goes, get the knife, get the knife. And he like he comes up with like love in his eyes and
1: blood all over his mouth. <sighs> and ah. people said it wasn't gay? He just put a dick in his mouth, okay? The guy had a dick in his mouth. But anyway... And in opposition to the first victim, almost victim, yeah. which was the stark murder basement with the mattresses on the walls and the card chains and the cold stainless steel table. This just seems to be in the living room. It's on, there's candles and there's dining our
0: room. Our three candles are back. Our three candles of love. And so it's got a totally different
1: vibe than the other scene. It's and got mood lighting. This is an act of love. He's going to sift it. I'm going to cut off your penis. Then I'm going to cook it. And we're going to eat it together.
0: We're going to have a romantic <laughs> dinner together. And, and, and they you, set don't, him up.
1: you don't see any of it. The movie, it's not that kind. It's not an exploitation movie. You're not going to see it. You it's think, not a. Uh, it's no, so there is intimate. a squick
0: factor, but it's like an existential squick.
1: You're so it's been so intimate up to this part that it feels graphic, yeah. even though it's not. So
0: we have we have Oliver setting up the dinner. He's cooking the penis. He puts it on a plate. And then we zoom out to Katie watching the video of, of, of setting things up on the plate. And there's three plates on the table. The third one is in front of the camera. So Katie is sitting at the table because of her action of viewing it.
1: See, this is why I like you. This is why I like you. You get the visual stuff. I don't. I'm only starting to learn this stuff. Yeah and it's a, yeah she's she's been invited to the table she's
0: yeah. been invited to the table and you as the viewer of this movie are also, are also sitting at, at that table. table and that's why there's three candles one for Oliver one for Simon and one for viewers like you <laughs> yeah
1: but what happens there's a problem with the penis still attached no
0: oh oh sorry 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 um
1: Simon goes to eat his own penis and he's not happy because it turned out tough. It's so tough. This it was supposed
5: to be perfect.
1: It's it's muscle fiber, my dude. It's tough. I wanted this to be perfect. That's why I said. I, that's why I said I was cooking. I'm like you know what? Oh yeah. He's like,
0: this was supposed to be perfect. It starts to unravel.
1: Yeah, and we can't do it again. There's, all, this, this, there's no do-overs here. I started, when I was cooking the chicken, I started going like, and a penis is mostly just spongy tissue. I don't know how much, I don't know how you can prepare it. Please, nobody answer this question. But how you would prepare that it would be tender now? Shut up, Maya, put your hand down. Put it down.
0: I have something to say about dog treats. Okay. Bully sticks are bull penises. They're very stringy.
1: I know. <laughs> <laughs> It's not going to be a good meal. I mean, the dog doesn't even eat it. They just chew it. <laughs> it's gonna be tough. So if you're planning on cooking and eating a penis, you no, know, it's not gonna be juicy and succulent. And Simon's devastated. <laughs> He's devastated. He's so upset.
0: And as this conversation is happening, the love candles have burned most of the way down.
1: His light, his love, his penis are all very short now. <laughs> But then we flip over to Oliver, who sits down. And he's like, I'm going to eat my, my 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 portion of the penis. He starts to chew it, and you see it all in his face. He's like, this is tough. This is gross. This but isn't I, how I wanted it. Isn't how I want, But you know what? I got to make him feel good. Like, mm, no, I think it's great, honey. Mm. Mm. We're starting to reap what we sow, and no one's happy. No one's happy. Well, maybe it'll get better.
0: No. Oh. So Simon's bleeding out, and Oliver helps him back into I'm the tub. Fading. Yeah, I'm fading. And it's this beautiful pieta. I have I have the link to the Marat Sad pieta in my notes. If anyone everything would like,
1: everything in the tub is gorgeous. I'm still alive in the morning.
5: I want you to be with me. I will. I promise.
1: It's like if i'm still here in the morning will you just be with me will you just
0: be with me just of course of course and he goes oh god he says like mother mother it's it's even now or mother it's i've paid for it now uh, yeah it's awful
1: awful awful
0: we just have to sit there knowing how awful it is and we zoom out to katie Realizing how awful it is, and she takes the tape out of her VCR and she starts destroying yeah, it. Wait,
1: wait, 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 I'm yeah. sorry, we're not there yet. We're not there yet because there there's the whole thing that we have to sense, we have to, we have to finish what we started. Oh, oh, God, it's icky.
0: It's icky. I was just trying to skip over his face on the shelf.
1: Yeah. But this is where the religious imagery really started hitting me. It wasn't just the PA top him carrying him out of the tub. There was, I think, I think it was going into the butterfly. where they were talking about the butterfly where you see him stumbling. Well, he's finished all the carving, and he stumbles. Yeah. And he catches him like, oh, okay, that happens twice. I'm like, okay, yeah. J- Jesus felt the first time. Jesus felt the okay. What do we do with Jesus every Sunday? We eat him. Fucking a, fucking a movie. God damn it. Oh.
0: I have been rewatching Midnight Mass. Catholicism's weird. Ooh,
1: Catholicism, yeah. Well, it's not just Catholicism. Everybody does that.
0: All the uh, Yeah, Christians. you're right. You're right. It's it's a little more literal every week in
1: Catholicism. Well, because it yeah, because it's transubstantiation. It's, you know, transubstantiation. Do you want me to do it now?
0: him and the camera the camera stays at the same angle but his face is set up right next to the lens and you can see his dead eyes staring up while Oliver is behind him carving up his body. Yeah. And it's awful. And we spend all this time talking about transformation and magic. And again
1: we don't see it. We uh, sorry we don't see it. Sorry we don't see any No 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 yeah
0: when uh, it's awful emotionally. You're 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 not this isn't the thing where they... And sound. Oh, the sound is, it's meaty, it's texture, it's... Uh, but we spent all this time talking about, it's going to be like a wedding, it's going to be like a butterfly, it's going to be magic, you're the only person, and then we're just here with the meaty, thunking reality of him carving this body up, and it's not yeah. magic anymore.
1: Yeah, and this is where you see, like, Katie flipping out and like destroying the tape
0: she knows she's she's propagating the, the infection it, she she was on a quest for this thing and now that she knows that she can't unknow it
1: it's not what I thought it doesn't complete her <laughs> it, it Destroys her. <laughs>
0: Destroys her, and and you you mentioned this earlier. But as the movie goes on, her eyes get darker and darker. She's wearing more and more smoky eyeshadow and lots of mascara. And we the movie takes the light out of her eyes. Her quest takes the light out of her eyes. And as she's watching this uh, the, the video, her like last few scenes, there stops being light in her house. And then when she's emailing back and forth for the tape, the only light source is the her laptop talking to the the guy who has the tape, and then for the final scenes where she's watching the the butchering, it's all very well lit on the television. You can see like not not the gore, but you can see the people and what's happening on the tape, and everything else in her house is dark the The knowledge has taken the light away from her
1: because it was one thing it's a story that you tell about over dinner with friends from college it's another thing when it's right in front of you
0: when it's when it's real it's not a fairy tale anymore there wasn't anything transforming there wasn't anything magical it's just reality and meat now
1: this hit me this time is that um we we learned that you know he ate simon's body over the next couple of days he ate 51 pounds of meat that's a lot that's a lot of meat i realized that you know this time through that we said that the scenes are in an order we jump back and forth in time as well as between timelines. Yes. there is a scene where you see Oliver bringing lunch to his work.
0: coworkers. I have notes about this It's delicious
4: You have to give me the recipe.
3: It's a family
1: secret. I suddenly realized this. I'm like, oh my God, this is the future. This is, this is post, this is post. He's getting rid of the excess meat. And this is, it's the only time in the movie you see him smile and it's a real smile. He's genuinely happy. And his skin is so slick. He
0: looks meaty and they ask him and he goes, oh, it's a secret family recipe. A family recipe. He smiles. It's the only thing that brings him life, brings him joy. And he is propagating the infection there. He's sharing the meats with his coworkers and also
1: meet my boyfriend meet my boyfriend with a comma <laughs> <laughs> the movie works on so many levels we're making a joke but it's true it, it's a fascinating but, but film. They, they set us
0: up for that They with the with the title, with the pun in German they are letting us know to look for these levels
1: do you know it had a third title as well what was the third title Butterfly Oh, which is on the yeah a
0: little bit yeah. a little bit
1: but uh, yeah, they, they yeah. But Rottenberg would never have sold. Not that this sold, but it wouldn't have gotten picked up by Vangoria like it did in the so, states. So,
0: the last thing I have in my notes is a copy paste of all the awards it won in Europe. But we're oh well, actually no. Let's let's finish the movie and then we can talk
1: about that. Uh, Oliver Hartman was arrested because you know he made he, he this- made
0: another post and he's looking for more meat now, and and when he makes that final post. The music changes the entire time. The movie has been very atmospheric. Maybe a little strings, Very atmospheric. And the moment he puts that post, you get this like nasty, low bass synthesizer. We have changed eras.
1: And tone like that, we haven't had scary stingers. We haven't had
0: it, hasn't been any jump scares, it hasn't been any uh, it's been
1: pastoral, pastoral the music's been pastoral up until now, like the forest pastoral. And now we're in it's the new age <gasps> of the internet, yeah. But the thing is that, um, and that's who he's caught. Somebody's like, Hey, I think this guy's for real, and that's who he's caught. But I realized this time Katie says something early on. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> Imagine such a perfect understanding. Being with someone who sees you as you really are. Who reflects your image back to you as something beautiful and pure. The closer I got, the harder it became to turn back. What really drove Oliver, something inside of me started to understand. Was he so afraid to be alone? Was it his need to feel whole that drove him? Or was it just his desire for flesh to devour something dear? Something that only he would know.
1: I think this is where Oliver found out that it was never about being alone. Because he's got somebody with him forever now. I ate him, I consumed him, he's part of me forever, but now I just want meat.
0: It was. It was about the meat. You let yourself think it was about a higher calling, and it was about the meat. I've
1: been the big bad wolf the whole time,
0: just like his little imaginary friend in his head with the pointy teeth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and the movie just it, and then it goes the end, and it says the end on the screen, and it sits you with the new style of music as the credits roll because you have to sit there and think about what you've done. Oh.
1: No, I know this movie is not for everybody.
0: I but I would love to be able to assign this as homework. Anyone who has ever recreationally recommended a Serbian film should have to sit down and watch this.
1: Yes. That was the that was a correlation I had to have said this is not that movie, but that movie is okay in the horror movie community, but for some reason this one is rejected.
0: And that's like I I love horror. That's why I'm here. You know that. But I also don't feel like a lot of that community gets me and gets what I like. I like, I like this more than that. And I think this is so prescient because this predates the true crime podcast popularity. And now, now we have uh, thousands of YouTube accounts of people who put on their makeup and do as mirror of people who are murdered brutally. And that's just something we casually consume.
1: Yes, like candy. It's fun.
0: This, this is an indictment of the viewer. Of course it played poorly in America. We won a slasher. And I, I like some of my slashers. I'm not, I'm not a big slasher person. You know this. Uh, no. I, I like the other John Carpenters better. But this did pretty well in the festival circuit in Europe. We have winner, best actor, winner, best cinematography, winner, best director, nominee, best film at the Catalonian International Film Festival in 2006. Uh, winner of the Grand Prize of European Fantasy Film in Gold, special mention the Sweden Fantastic Film Festival 2007. We have a winner grand prize of European fantasy film in silver for Luxembourg International Film Festival 2006. Like the reviews were pretty good in Europe. And then over here it had like a 50% of Rotten Tomatoes.
1: It went straight to video here. It was part, Fangoria did a special collection of like seven movies and I was shocked they picked it really? up. Really? Because it was not, this is vastly out of tone for all the other movies that were in that collection. But Tony, Tony's always been our people. Tony, Tony gets me. I get Tony, Tony he runs uh, Fangoria. But he's always been LGBT forward. So I mean, I'm glad that he put it in there. And this was never going to sell in America for, because of yeah. that, for yeah. starters. In 2006, No.
0: No. Uh, but I, I have a fun fact about some of the director's other work. Yes. You want to talk about things that really horrify you? He also worked on music videos for Nickelback and the Corn.
1: He also directed the Hills Have Eyes Part you, Two.
0: I'm more excited about corn than I am Hills <laughs> Have
1: Eyes Part Two. Well, it's also terrible. But it's also a terrible I, movie. I, 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 terrible I know. movie. <laughs> terrible film. And not not the original Hills Have Eyes Part Two. But when they did the <laughs>
0: reboot, and then there was a sequel. Yeah, I, yeah no, I I remember that.
1: Hey, Wes Craven couldn't even make that good. This. If <laughs> he day. can't carry it in a bucket, no one can. Like, no one can. But uh, I just want to shout out. We've talked about Carrie Russell a lot. I Carrie uh, Russell. I think she's fabulous. She didn't need to do this movie. She had she had syndicated TV money
0: and chose to work on yeah. this.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. She just like she came, she went straight from this to waitress. What? And she had all this Mickey Mouse money. She was a uh, mouse uh, Mouseketeer with Justin Timberlake and all those guys. But this so, is
0: after Felicity, yeah. right? She has, she has TV money, too. It was
1: Felicity. Yeah. She has TV money as well. But... I think she's great. I love that she's doing horror movies now. Everything that she's done, she like uh, Antlers was such a wonderfully dark movie. Like it, it, this this town that's just one big open sore of PSD, PTSD. And I'm looking at Jamie Lee Curtis. This is trauma. This is trauma. (laughs) Not that shit you did in (laughs) Halloween Ends or Halloween Kills. This is what trauma looks like. Yeah. You don't talk about it. You don't have to announce it to everybody how traumatized you are for five seconds because that's she's not true. She's doing a press tour. She's, <laughs> she's know, whatever. No, know, but even in the movie, it's in the movie, every line out of her mouth. It's like, I'm traumatized. We know. We know. You told us. Yeah. <laughs> Show me, don't tell me. Um, this movie too, like just I I especially want to share with Mike because Maya also gets me as an actor. She works the same way. This is a this is an actor's dream. Pick any role in this to play one of these characters. But I'm
0: gonna need like weeks of recovery time after working on this. Like that that is trauma. Oh yeah. Even when it's not yours, that does not just go away.
1: Yeah, we talked about this on the last episode of Dammy Wonka Lewis, and for those of you who don't subscribe, we'll, we'll get into a little bit here. Like um, we were talking about how when you have these a- actors at high emotional rates, like in this, or um, let's say um, Tony Collette in that scene where she's ugly crying when the girls say that you we can't ha- you can't hang out with us anymore. In In, in hereditary,
4: <laughs> I am <have> your mother.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> People are like, what's the big deal with acting? It's like, it's, it's, it's all fake. Just pretend emotions. No, they're not. They're,
0: they're not, though, because it's like, it's like your body and your face and your emotions are the medium. And you have to make that painting with that medium over and over for a day that's at minimum 12 hours long. And like maybe when they're in the wide shot, you're not. Traumatizing yourself as much as you are in the close-up because the camera can see you have a thought. Your eyes change shape in the subtle way, and it reads, and the viewers can tell. And the
1: camera can see when you're faking. The camera can see when you're
0: faking. It's not like work on stage where it's like, "I'm not feeling it today," but I've gotten all my choreography and my. I'm having a feeling, but I have to
1: blast it to the third tier balcony. (laughs)
0: Yeah, Uh, it's the, the camera knows. The camera knows, and you have to do that kind of work yourself and we talk a lot about enacting training about your vulnerability you have to break down those walls within yourself so these things can affect affect you and when the camera stops rolling they continue to affect you I, I think the the story I brought up again with stage work not film work but the the one I talked about on Damn you, Uncle Lewis was I was in an original musical it was an adaptation of the E.M. Forrester novel where angels fear to tread and I died at the end of act one and then I came back for a, a omniscient ghost monologue in act two and in that monologue I see my baby is dead my husband is abandoned and I'm just there speaking to my brother-in-law being like what happened what what in fuck happened to my family this this wasn't supposed to be how it went and after my Sunday matinee I would come home and lay on the floor and cry because I missed my husband and my baby this wasn't because I was in love with my co-star though Alex wherever you are you're you're a damn delight it's the fake relationship between our characters was something I missed it's visceral and you can't really explain it to a point where they get it as someone who doesn't do similar work.
1: No, like we we as actors, we learn how to turn the emotions on and off, but that doesn't mean they're not real. We feel every bit of that. It it hurts.
0: I am on the roller coaster with my face.
1: If you don't successfully, I don't know, put those emotions back. I don't. What's the word I'm looking for? Recalibrate yourself. Sure, reset
0: yourself. A, do something or grounding.
1: Because a lot of a lot of times the emotions, like especially the film work, like at the end of the day, you might not be done with the scenes. You had, you didn't resolve. Whatever this problem was. So you're going home in this high emotional state and you have to get it out, or it's going to eat you alive.
0: Um, Joe Fines has been speaking repeatedly about the amount of therapy he's been going to working on the handmaid's tale. Cause he does mm-hmm. monstrous things over and over again. And the camera can tell in the close up. Oh, after and he's yeah. amazing to watch. But yeah. like it's also putting him through the ringer to to live in that state.
1: So this this much like the movie itself, these are the roles that are an actor's dream and an actor's nightmare all roll into one. That's grim love. Uh, I think we've done it. I think it. we
0: did it. I think we did it. And I, I love having a little bit of distance from it. I was happy to rewatch it again to discuss it with you. But I, I love that as a concept, it was executed successfully. And I can tell people about it, even if I'm not going to convince them to watch all of it. Uh, I yeah. think it's some things we as consumers of horror could stand to consider.
1: And people might be wondering, well, why did you include this as the last stop on the tour? I'm like, because on our little tour, our little dark side of the rainbow, I was showing the ugly sides of LGBT life. This was supposed to be the first episode in July. Maya Murphy, what is what is July? Well, June is Gay Pride Month, right? Yeah, I know that. So the, the, that. we're
0: just going to work our way through the sins. So July is gay wrath.
1: I thought this would be a fun thing to do in gay Rap month because, and then it wasn't fun. But then, whatever, doing that. But the whole thing, my whole team was like, "It's isn't it fun to think about Gay Wrath Month and like, oh, now we're gonna get our revenge and we're gonna be the monsters for a change." And I said, "Well, here we are. We're the monsters. Wouldn't it be fun to do that?" Here we are. Not only are we in the, not only are we the monsters in this movie. This happened. This happened. This happened more than once. This happened once. It happened twice. It happened thrice. It happened. So thrice. I was trying to find
0: because, like, I remember hearing about one of these cases when I was in high school when the internet wasn't like full of wikis like it is now
1: yeah the first one got massive publicity the second one the third the other one's not so much because there's new german privacy law apparently smart of them
0: but yeah when i tried to look it up i was like i didn't know this happened this many times like where we are the monsters this isn't what <laughs> this happened
1: and it would the fact that it was the can that they it wasn't just a cannibal murder case that they were always gay men involved in it in Germany. It's not really happening in other places. What, what
0: little niche of of trauma and society continues to land you there?
1: It wasn't a rash of them either. They are spaced years apart. There was one in 2001, 2003, 2013, 2020. So it's not like a rampage, it's not like a plague, these things. But yeah, just something to think about that sometimes the monsters are us. And people say, well, this is a terrible kind of movie to portray. People, queer people. Okay, Maya, Maya, Maya. Um, a director, the woman who directed um, Black Christmas remake. she was quoted in some article that I was reading. She's like, well, you know, for so long, queer people in horror movies, they'd always be victims and die these horrible, violent deaths. And now I saw a movie the other day, and the killer was a lesbian. Is that what we've come to? Yes. I mean, well, first of all, you're in a horror movie. Those are your options. <laughs> you're probably going to be the victim. Just on a numbers basis on an on a, honest <laughs> probability says that when you roll this particular dice you're probably going to wind up dead and i was fascinated by that cause i'm like so we can't be the victims and we can't be the killers. so what are we supposed to well, be I think, what's going to make you happier we just supposed to be the wise side cracking
0: but this this comes back around to some of how i think we were talking about processing queer trauma how we you know, we have people trying to say you you can't you can't, or, or queer is a slur. You can't say you're queer, or well, we we can't portray ourselves as murderers because people will think that of us. That like the the real, but we are sometimes the real but equity are, is blitz. being able to portray portray the gamut without having society hold this up and go see. They made a movie where they're the murderers. Obviously, they're showing us their hand. That's that's equity is being able to play all of them to make media of all of them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Thank you for putting in words that I couldn't come up with on myself. I knew you would because I have trouble to cross that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. If you're going to paint a picture, paint all of us. Paint all of us. I mean, there's a lesson to be learned from the bad stuff too. Case in point.
0: Oh, big, heavy lessons in this one.
1: Don't go into the woods alone. No.
0: (laughs) They weren't alone.
1: Just go go in the woods. (laughs) Woods
0: are bad. Woods are bad. Don't listen to the witch who gives you directions. Go back to your city with your friends. Go
1: to a coffee shop and bitch about people. That's what we do. (laughs) All right, Maya Murphy. Um you have had some interesting projects come up in your mind, in your life. I recently. sure have. Uh
0: I have just been announced as the player character Holly Legere in Rosewater, a forthcoming point and click adventure game from Gruntislav Games. You can
1: wishlist Rosewater on Steam right now. Okay, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And where can people find out more about you and on on your social media and things um, like
0: that? So my social media tends to be I did not get the same handles on all of them. So it's easiest to just go to my website, mayamurphy.com and the links
1: are there. Or you can go to her, her convenient bio page. Oh, he that's attached to this episode. Yeah, I forgot I had that. <laughs> and of course, Maya, Maya, if you enjoyed hearing Maya, you can hear her every month over on Damn you Uncle Lewis, our Patreon exclusive, Friday the 13th. No series. one learns any lessons yeah. on Damn
0: you Uncle Lewis and everyone has a lot of fun. They really
1: do. Um, by the way, you know, since we are not only are we, we co-hosts of the show, we are, um, we, we all are shopkeeps at, the very curious curious shop. Maya, who's watching the store? If I'm here and you here, who's watching the store? Trey storm? is. How many times have I told you do not leave Trey alone
4: in the
0: store? Do not leave <laughs> Trey alone? He
1: cannot be left unattended.
0: You invited me here. Whose fault is that? That's
1: not the point right now. You could have <laughs> had a substitute. You should have said you could have said bark. You could have said a life-size cut of yourself because Trey would probably be high and he wouldn't notice the difference. <laughs>
0: I mean, if he's there with both of his dogs, it might be okay.
1: Yeah. Okay, but when we come back and we're just telling another but Hello Mary Lou merchandise is <laughs> on you.
0: That'll be on us for leaving him running the store. That's not on him. We knew that would happen. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, thank you very much for my Murphy for, for, for helping me get this poison out of my system and finally wrap up Gay rap Month eight months later, You know, it's a couple months. Eight late, months whatever. of Gay wrath. Salt. Hey, we're on Gay. T- we're on gay time. we time. Look, <laughs>
0: I have never been so called out as listening to Love It or Leave It and my new favorite. uh, 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 uh What's the word when when you say you say the word that's not you can't say the thing. Whatever, slang. Uh, you, you can fix this in post. You can just say "Patrick's" is the word. Um, like when you say "friend of Dorothy." When he, the new, the new passcode. Whatever euphemism. Euphemism. My new favorite.
1: euphemism Euphemism.
0: <laughs> the most accurate queer euphemism I have ever heard is "late with an iced coffee."
1: I feel both attacked and seen. Thank you, Maya Murphy. <laughs> have a great rest of your day. You too. Anytime. Thank you again, Maya Murphy, for joining me on this very difficult journey. I can't think of anyone else I would have rather gone on it with. And that is a compliment, even if it sounds weird. It's been a while since Maya and I recorded this. And so I've been editing it for a while. So I've been steeping in the world of this movie for a really long time. And it's brought up a lot more additional thoughts about it and some insights and a lot of questions and questions that don't have any answers. But I figure I'll share some of them with you now. Maya said something during the course of the interview early on when we're talking about, she said she had that cringy moments when she was talking about, oh, the cliche of the overbearing mother and the little boy clinging too tightly to his mother's apron strings. And that's what made them gay. I meant to make a counterpoint to her at the time, but we got distracted in the conversation that I don't think those are the moments that made them gay. Those were the moments that helped make them monsters. It didn't make them gay. Of course, we're born gay. Those are the moments that made the monster. I think she came around and said, those are the moments that broke them, which is why I didn't go back to it. But... Something I discovered, pulling audio clips for this, when it's just living in my ears, you discover a lot more. Maya had mentioned that the music changes at the end. You know, we had this this atmospheric score the whole way through, just kind of gentle synth the whole way through. And then at the end, it suddenly turns into a horror movie score. When I pulled the sound clip for it, I realized there's something else there. There's a noise that sounds like an electronic growl. And as I was putting the sound clips into the episode, I realized that growl pops up at a couple of other points in the movie in the atmospheric score. You hear it when Oliver's father leaves, you hear it when the car crash, you see the car crash that kills Simon's mother. You hear it when Simon gets rejected by the sex worker, when Oliver's mother dies and the, the figure of the boy shuns him and leaves him alone. You hear this growling and I said, ah, these are the pivotal moments that helped turn these sweet little boys into horrible monsters. Or to put it in fairytale terms, the big bad wolf.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, many of you know I have a background in criminal psychology, and there's an impulse with many people when you discuss when you when you when you get into. The psychology of what made killers do what they do. You say, oh, well, you're, made, you're empathizing with them. You're, you're trying to make it okay. You're trying to forgive them. Oh, boo hoo, somebody hurt you as a little boy. But yes, it's possible to feel empathy for the child who was hurt. And that hurt helped make them what they are and also condemn what they do. So movies like this make me mourn for those little boys and hate the people that hurt them. I've often talked in the show about synchronicity, how things seem to happen at just when they need to happen in this weird kind of a way. Like I said, we were supposed to record this episode months ago, but it got delayed until now. And just funny, the week I'm about to release it, three huge things are happening involving cannibals and media, mass media. We have the Dahmer Netflix series. We've got The Timothy Chalamet cannibal movie about to come out, Bones and All, which is already getting rave reviews, Oscars, Oscars, and another movie coming out called Feed Me, a cannibal comedy thing, which is, again, getting rave reviews and has big stars in it. So when people shy away from this particular movie and this particular story, I wonder what is it about it that turns people off? It's clearly not the cannibalism. It's all over the place in media. Yeah, everybody's, I was going to say everyone's eating up Dahmer, and that's a really terrible pun, but you know what I mean? For some reason, that's okay, but this isn't. Is it the gay? I don't know. I don't think because the gays don't like it either. So it's movies like this that hold up a mirror to us as people and to LGBTQ people as a society and say, take a good long look. It's really easy to turn to, to say, oh, they don't represent our community, but they do. Netflix took the LGBTQ tag off of Dahmer because of backlash. He doesn't represent us, but he does. He doesn't. So do his victims, and so I mean, he even weaponized homophobia to his advantage because he knew the and racism. He knew the cops weren't going to come because it was just gay, gay people and black boys. So nah, they don't care. Nobody cares about them. He used that to his advantage. So he's absolutely part of our community, not a good one, but still part of it. And it's I don't think excluding anybody is good because we need to learn from these sort of things because. The thing that really disturbed me this time through is how much I saw myself in both of these men, both of these characters. Particularly after going through quarantine, there were points. For people who went through quarantine with somebody else in the house, husband, wife, kids, partner, pet, you don't know what it was like to do it alone. I mean, it was bad enough when I had Smoochie, but after Smoochie died, I went to some really dark places. I was on the edge of going someplace really dangerous myself. And so I watched this movie and I empathize with them even more now. I say, I understand that loneliness, not to the degree that you did, but that kind of loneliness that's so bad it's beyond pain. It's all consuming. And I understand growing up at a conservative house, what it's like to be so ashamed and afraid of who you are as a gay person you want to make yourself disappear not to the extent that simon did but i know that pain truth isn't always pretty and truth isn't always kind it hurts and this movie has a lot of truth even though it's a fictionalized story and that's why i think it's important and erasing this sort of thing from our culture doesn't do us any favors i think it hurts us more so take a good long look maybe they don't paint the best picture of the queer community but it's an honest picture All the sunshine and rainbows and pride flags didn't save Simon and it didn't save Oliver. But we're not going to learn how to save the queer kids of the future until we learn from how we failed queer kids in the past. I firmly believe that deep down inside each and every one of us, queer people included, lives a monster. It's human nature. It's who we are. Can we keep the monster tame or is it going to run loose? I don't know. But you're never going to be able to control that monster until you acknowledge that it's there. And those are my final thoughts. So for everyone who took this long, strange journey with me today into grim love, I want to say thank you. you watch the movie and you listen to the interpretation of it, thank you. Thank you for having the guts to at least try to see something beautiful in something truly ugly. But I can't leave you with such a bummer. I also have to give a very, very huge and very special thanks to my very special guest, Maya Murphy, whose game, Rosewater, you can now pre-order on Steam. There's a link down there in the show notes, but hold on a second. Don't go away just yet. This movie's been following me around for weeks now. It's been a terrible thing to simmer in for the whole time I've been editing it, and it's not a pleasant place to be. There was nobody else I could think of to talk about this movie with me, except Maya Murphy because it's so dark, but there's so much behind it that's beautiful. And there was only one person that I knew could understand both halves of that and find new things for me to find in it. And she, she delivered in shovelfuls. And I can't thank you enough, Maya. But the thing is, Maya and I shared the poison with you now. But listen, my dear listener, I cannot leave you with such a bummer on such a dark episode. It's going to be a terrible thing to carry around. So I think we need a little palate cleanser. So a good thing happened that I want to tell you about. The other day, I was recording an episode of Damn You Uncle Lewis with Maya and Trey Dean. Hi, Trey. And I was bustling with excitement to tell him something. I said, Trey, guess what happened today? He said, What? I said, I was editing the most dark, ugly part of the episode that Maya and I did on Grim Love. And I started to hear something coming through the microphones, something that sounded like. And when I took off my headphones, I realized that it actually was the. She's like, oh, that's amazing. That's so great that Maya gets to be on the... ...episode. And, of course, Maya doesn't know what I'm talking about because she's a good friend, but she doesn't listen to the show, okay? <laughs> so she don't know about the... ...that we do every time that... ...turns on in my building for the first time every year. Of course, she doesn't... Musical wise Because she yelled to Trey Trey thought it was a commercial And she said Trey (laughs) Is not a commercial (laughs) (laughs) It's musical theater history I said yes And Maya (laughs) Is also a Scream Queens tradition And if you don't know what I'm talking about This has gone on for 13 years I don't know why I started doing this But basically every time The (laughs) kicks in in my building for the first time every winter. I play the over and over again until you never want to hear about ever again. Because you see, way, 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 way back in 2010, I was recording an episode of the show right after I first started doing it, and the kicked on while I was recording. And if you don't know, Is very loud. Makes a lot of noise. It's all about clinking and clanking and hissing. And the microphone was picking up the... And no matter what I did, I couldn't edit out the... I can actually still hear... Through the microphone right now. But I figured since I couldn't cover up the... I might as well call attention to the... So if you think I'm going to stop playing the... This year, after playing... Every year, for 12 years, you're absolutely out of your mind. Especially on an episode as dark as this, we need a little... To clear away the gloom, am I right? A little... Goes a long way to cheer me up. I don't know, there's only like three people out there that get the joke, but today, of all days, is aftercare. This is self healing. And after what we all just put ourselves through, a little. Even though it's utterly silly and completely stupid. No, because it's utterly silly and completely stupid. Goes a long way to recalibrating our systems back to normal so that we can blow all those ugly fairy tales out of our system. And remember that there's still joy in the world. A world full of. And podcasters that can't let a joke die. Even when the joke isn't funny. So if you're still with us, if you're still listening after all the doom and gloom and the fucking congratulations and thank you. And hey, if it's your first time listening, I hope you enjoyed yourself. This is not your typical Scream Queens venture, but you never know what's going to happen here on Scream Queens. If you enjoyed yourself, please share this episode with a friend. And if you're not already doing so, follow us on your favorite podcatcher. So you always know when there's a new episode of Scream Queens waiting for you to put all up in your face and your ears which is on your face. Well, that's next to your face. Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. Hey, if you really liked Maya Murphy, and who doesn't love Maya Murphy, and you really love Friday the 13th, the TV series, you'll love Damian Wonka Lewis, which right now is a Patreon-exclusive podcast. And to become a patron, you go to www.ScreamQueens.com. And when you become a patron, you're helping support the show. And you also unlock premium podcasts like Daniel Uncle Lewis, and also our new show. It came from the '70s, where we talk about made-for-TV monstrosities from the era where saccharin was considered a vitamin. Once again, that's www.screamqueens.com. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, hey, you can leave me a voicemail. Well, how do I do that? We can go to screamqueens.com. And that's Queens with a Z, of course. And click the yellow tab on the right-hand side of the page, and you get two minutes to spill your guts. Or you can use your favorite social media messenger, like Facebook, where you can find me at Scream Queens. I'm on Instagram at Scream Queens Podcast, and I'm on Twitter at Scream Queens. So next time... We're getting into the Halloween season and we're switching the mood. We've had enough of the doom and gloom. We're going to bring on the silly. There's a fantastic little vampire comedy that I stumbled across on Amazon Prime. It's also on Tubi called I Had a Bloody Good Time at House Harker. It's absolutely ridiculous. And it's the complete opposite of this movie. So that's what we're watching next time. So check it out so you can play along at home. So until next time, my beautiful, beautiful screamers continue to make the world a more fabulously creepy place by observing the Scream Queen's golden rule. Fight or flight. Survive the night, make it to the final reel. Stay safe, stay healthy, and most of all, stay fabulous! Bye! All of the music for tonight's show, unless otherwise specified, has been written by Sam Haynes. You can find all of his music at www.bandcamp.com. Bitches!